Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday evening Bible class of the Laurel Church of Christ, the virtual version. We thank everyone for uh, tuning in, and we hope that this next few moments of study together can help us improve and expand our knowledge of Jesus Christ as well as his teachings. We will be continuing from the book of 2 Corinthians. We'll be in chapter 7 this evening, and we'll begin at uh, verse number 2 through verse 16. But before we begin our class, there's so many things that are going on this evening. It's, it's always a good time to pray. And this evening, we want to uh, open our class with a prayer. And we'd like to open up the mic of Brother Fowler and Brother Fowler out there in internet land, if you would, lead us in a word of prayer. Joe, would you open that mic? Yep. <clears throat> I tried that. We're waiting on him to unmute. Go ahead, my brother. Am I unmuted now? You are. Okay. <clears throat> Let us pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your Son who gave all for us. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the blessings that you continue to bestow on us. We thank you for the brothers and sisters who encourage us. We thank you for the leaders who share their wisdom with us. And we ask you, Father, to look down upon those of our number that are depressed and those that are in need in any way. And we ask Heavenly Father that you would help us to be a strength for our brothers and sisters. We ask Heavenly Father that you would bless this study and the one who leads it as he breaks the bread to us. We ask these things in Jesus name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Floyd. We certainly appreciate that. As I said, this evening we're going to be going through uh, Chapter 7, and we would like everyone to uh, participate. Don't forget, you can put your chat comments in. You can raise your hand. Um, we'll open up your mic, and we can uh, go for the, the very best session that we, we can have. The first section of 2 Corinthians we would like to read is chapter 7, verses 2 through 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 through 7. If you just put up your hand, uh, if you'd like to read it, we'll be more than happy to, to have you read. Put up your hand, please. How about Brother Sean Holt? I'll take it for you, brother. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 through 7. Uh, this will be the NIV version. <clears throat> Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. For when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. 
He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Thank you so much, Sean. Here we find Paul having to remind the Corinthians just uh, who he was and where he was. And Paul starts out there, he says, make room for us in your hearts. We've wronged no one, we've corrupted no one, we've exploited no one. Let's think back. What caused Paul to have to come back and ask for this acceptance or remind them of who he was? What do you, what do you think caused that? Anyone? either on the chat line or raise your hand and we will call on you this evening. Remember, Corinth was a very difficult place to, to convert and Paul had done some tremendous work. But the Corinthians were somewhat like, um, you know, 21st century people. They really liked the glitz and the glam. They, they liked that uh, bone-rattling preaching. They liked the guys that dressed very well and spoke eloquently. And Paul said he was none of that. But here we find Paul asking them to make room for him. What do you think? Why do you think Paul has to continue to come back to that point? Anyone? Put your hands up or just type it into the chat and I can relay it. You know, we talked a, a little before the young church needed encouragement that they did. Some were not accepting him as a legitimate apostle. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Remember, Paul's reputation, every place he went, preceded him. And mostly the part that preceded him wasn't that he was doing such great work and that he had uh, completely changed his life, but rather they were remembering Saul from before. And as they were coming into his change, into, into his new birth, some were still resisting him. But the main thing, you know, they, they were just, they were still very worldly. And I think in 1 Corinthians, we, we read that about what, what Paul tells them. You know, he, he couldn't really call them spiritual, but, but they were worldly, you know. There were some who were teaching and promoting themselves above Paul. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Again, we recall where Paul reminded them that everything that he did for them had been through his own personal sacrifice. He didn't ask for any support. He didn't ask for anything else. They became distracted by worldly attractions and others. And that's, that's something that we all have to work at. A few weeks ago, we, we asked the question, you know, has anyone ever felt rejected in their life? And I think the answers were in the affirmative to mostly everyone that responded. We all have felt rejection. And certainly Paul did. But it's one thing that Paul never lets them forget. He always keeps it before everyone that he comes to. And in verse 6, it says, but God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Paul never lets himself forget, nor does he let the Corinthians forget who he depends on. And this is a really good lesson for us today. We've got a lot of challenges out here. We see many different things that heretofore have been just unquestioned. We, we, we would never even imagine certain things happening. And as so many things change, it's important for us to, again, as we spoke before, have our focus on the Lord, have our focus on Christ. 
because as we go through life, we know we can't make it on our own. So we have to depend on God. We have to depend on his son. We have to depend on the Holy Spirit so that we can go from day to day. You know, we've experienced a lot of friends and relatives within the church and very close relatives with members of the church that have suffered and that have passed from this physical life since this dreaded pandemic has been upon us. But we always can lean on the Lord. And Paul wasn't letting them forget that, that he was leaning on God. But also, I think uh, a point that's worth us giving serious consideration to, Titus's presence and the report that Titus brought back about the people was very encouraging to Paul, too. You know, we all have the occasion to, you know, feel a little sorry for ourselves. Uh, there's, a, there's a saying that goes something like, you know, you're, you're crying into your um, beer. Now, what that means is sometimes we allow our emotions our feelings, just our outward appearance to be down. But Paul, in receiving Titus and receiving the report that Titus brought back, Paul was really encouraged. And you know what? We all need a little Titus in our lives. We, we all need some comfort. Because as we go through the, the many challenges that we have from day to day, it really begins to wear on us. And as it wears on us, you know, sometimes our focus will be somewhat changed. Our focus really won't be what it should be. These next few scriptures, next few verses, are going to get us to focusing on the importance of godly sorrow. You know, a lot of times we, we think about things that go on and, and we might make a little offhand comment. Well, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, maybe a husband made a mistake of saying that to his wife. She doesn't believe that. You know, children sometimes, if they're selfish with their toys, even my, my number one great-grandson, Alonzo, every now and then when I say, Alonzo, you have to share that you know, or Alonzo, don't do that. You know, he'll give me one of those quick, sorry. It has about as much sincerity as a punch in the mouth, you know. We've got to think about that. Godly sorrow brings repentance. Now, if we could get a reader, I would like someone to read uh, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 8 through 13. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 8 through 13. Just put your hand up. We'll open up the mic and, um, and have at it. Anyone? All right. I'm a little slow in update. Carrie, would you get that? Carrie Clark. St. Corinthians chapter 7, verse, starting verse 8, it reads, Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was not on account of the one who did the wrong or the injured party, but rather that before God, you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. 
by all this, we are encouraged. Amen. In addition, yeah, can we in there? Mm -hmm. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. Thank you very much. When we, when we listen to that, Paul opens up and says, I don't, I don't regret my letter if it made you sorry. You know, I don't regret it. And then he says, well, I did regret it. Did is past tense, right? So maybe after Paul wrote it, and I think sometimes that happens to us, we will either say or do things or um, we really get a flashpoint and we'll blast off a really strong, sharp email. And as soon as we hit send, we said, oh, maybe I should have waited. In this particular case, Paul had sent the letter and, of course, letters weren't even snail mail. I don't even know what we could call them the way letters were transported back then. But Paul thought about it, well, maybe it was too sharp, or well, maybe I shouldn't have done this. And I think we all have second thoughts about some of the things that we do. But the best part of this is, Paul gets Titus's report, and Paul lets them know that, you know what? Godly sorrow leads to repentance and salvation. Godly sorrow brings you out of that pit that you were either in or about to fall into. And it stands you up on solid ground. And it gives you some purpose. And it lets you know where your hope lies. It lets you know where your salvation is. Godly sorrow produces more awareness in us all. If you'll remember, one of the things that we learned in studying the Bible, that the law was given not, not for uh, some of the things that the people thought, but the law was given to help people know and be able to recognize where they were wrong. We have to think about that ourselves today. Maybe we did speak too quickly. Maybe we were too harsh. What was the motivation behind what we said or what we did? Let's hear from somebody. I, my mouth is getting a little dry. I want to hear from somebody else out there. Tell me, what do you think sometimes when that trigger was pulled just a little too quick? Either raise your hand or put it on our chat line. Anyone? After Paul thought about that letter, and certainly once he saw the fruit from that letter, Paul puts that in past tense. I did regret it, but now that I see what's going on, I'm feeling much better. Okay, we have a comment of excitement or angry. Godly sorrow, does it bring us excitement or anger? Is that it? Maybe raise your hand. Let, let me hear what you mean by that. Brother Cook, there's an awareness that my actions were actually selfish. Now, isn't that the truth? especially when we have one of those holier-than-thou moments. Our actions weren't out of the clearest and truest motives. But we will find when we will allow ourselves to review, when we will allow ourselves to reflect and truly repent within our hearts, with, within our very being, 
we find that we can change. Paul finds that the report that Titus brought them about how the people had changed after they had received his letter, Paul forgot all about that sorrow that he had. And he was really kind of glad then that he had written it the way he did. Obviously, Paul had spoken the truth. We can correct, rebuke for reasons other than rec Ooh, now that's a heavy point. Brother Cook, why don't you open up so we can hear, hear your words on this one? That is a, a very heavy statement. Put your hand up so Joe can open you up there, Brother Cook. Go right ahead. Uh, am, I, am I on? You absolutely are. Okay. Uh, I was thinking in reference to uh, what you were saying, Brother Wharton, uh, and, you know, about maybe sending the email and then having the, uh, uh, the, the tinge of conscience uh, after, we, after we hit send. And quite often, uh, you know, I think the case is that your stuff bothers me, but my stuff doesn't bother me. And when we give some honest thought to it, uh, you know, we recognize that it's not so much, you know, the thing that you did, the, the objective weighing of the fact of whether it was right or wrong, it was how it affected me. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Read Joe's note there. If, if you have a chat comment, Make sure you include it to the attendees as well as the panelists. But that's true. You know, the way we do things, the way we go through them, certainly it has that kind of an effect. I don't know how many of you um, have heard this, but certainly, uh, as you know, I'm full of those little corny colloquialisms. I don't know if it's the the Midwestern shtick or what. But there's a saying that goes something like, what doesn't come out in the wash comes out in the rinse. Think about that for a minute. If it doesn't come out in the wash, it comes out in the rinse. We're gonna read chapter seven verses 14 through 16. And then we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that. What doesn't come out in the wash comes out in the rinse. If someone would like to read that, please do. The Hook Cam Fam. Oh, I like the way that sounds. Go ahead. Yes. So for if in anything I have glory to him on your behalf, I was not put to shame. But as we spake all things to you in truth, so our glorying also which I made before Titus was found to be truth. And his affection is more abundantly toward you, while he remembereth the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling ye received him. I rejoice that in everything I am of good courage concerning you. That was the ASV version. Okay. Thank you very much. You know, Paul had put in a lot of work. As we said earlier, you know, he had really sacrificed a lot to bring the word to them, to support himself, to labor with them, no support from, no physical support from them. But all the time he spent there, he was encouraging them, he was motivating them for Christ. And when they seemed to have lost their way or they seemed to have regressed into their worldly ways, and Paul, not once, but on another, several occasions, sent them letters telling them what was right, calling out what was wrong among their group, asking them what had happened. Paul said, as we read a few moments ago, at first he, was, he had regretted it. All the work that he had done, it seemed like it 
it wasn't paying off. It was for naught. The letters were sharp, but the letters did the job. Titus brought back the report of how the people had changed. Titus brought back that this godly sorrow that they were, were experiencing had made them more earnest. It had made them more eager. You know, it had caused a certain longing in them, but they were ready to do the right thing. They were ready to commit themselves to Christ. And when Titus let Paul know this, that everything that Paul had previously told him had been backed up by their change, this was really good news. That all of the boasting, as it says, that was done had proved to be true. You know, there's nothing more pleasing to a parent than to get a good report or to get a positive, encouraging comment about their child. You know, you, you really have a nice son or you really have a nice daughter. They're so mannerable, so courteous, so helpful. That really does a parent a lot of good. It really makes them realize that all the things that they have been saying and all the things that they have been doing had not gone for naught. Now, every now and then as a parent, you, <laughs> you kind of chuckle to yourself and say, are they talking about my son or my daughter? Oh, oh really? Well, thank you very much. You know, you're a, little, you're a little bit taken aback. But it really makes you feel good. That's how Paul felt about his children in Corinth. Titus had confirmed that they were doing more, that they were showing more for their love for Christ. And this made Paul really feel good. I think the lesson in this for us is pretty clear. You know, that faith and support that we have for each other continues to overflow, continues to spill over to other people. The things that people see in us, the encouragement, the uplift, they see that from afar, but it incorporates itself within their lives. It becomes a part of them. They see that and they try to reproduce that. That's really what we've been learning here in 2 Corinthians. Again, as, as chapter 2 tells us, the comfort that we have, the love and support that we have for each other, Christ provided that for us. We learn that through obedience to him so that at the proper time, we could comfort and be a comfort to others. As I said, there's been a lot of bad news, you know, uh, from friends and families within the church, from our members here. And the news is really difficult of the passing or the extreme sickness of a relative because you feel pretty helpless. Your presence, that personal comfort that you could give is really being compromised due to the pandemic. And certainly when our loved ones have been taken away from us in death, it makes it that much more difficult for us because humanly, physically, there's nothing that we can do. We can't even allow our presence to be a part of the support. 
one of the things that we talked about a few weeks ago, we were talking about the righteousness that we receive from God. <clears throat> Remember, we're talking about the reconciliation and we become the righteousness of God. This righteousness of God brings us closer to each other. This pandemic has brought us closer to each other. I hope that we all will continue to try to reach out and support. Just let people know that you're there. Brother Floyd mentioned in his prayer about, you know, there, there are some people that are, that are suffering through states of depression. There are people that are suffering through the loss or the lack of employment. There are people that are suffering through, you know, physical conditions. But praise be to God, he's blessed each and every one of us to listen in here tonight. And each and every one of us has something to be thankful for. After Paul had created quite a stir among those Corinthians, Paul was glad. And he was grateful that he created this conflict for Christ because this conflict brought about godly sorrow. And this godly sorrow brought about repentance. And this repentance allowed them to realize, to see, and to partake in this fellowship as well as the salvation that was provided through Jesus. Sometimes it's required to tell the painful truth. But if the truth is painful, we really have to tell it, spread it in love. So that repentance can begin. Absolutely. Galatians 6.1. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Telling the truth in love so that we can bring about reconciliation, so that we can bring about repentance, so that we can bring about that air of confidence and encouragement one for another as we go forth in some very difficult times. All of these things, all of these things are for our comfort. And we've learned that comfort through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so when we're, when we're able to share that, and when you're able to come to me and say, Paul, now I'm going to tell you, you were just wrong. And I know you can do better than that. And I want you to do better than that. You know, I'm going to take that to heart. Because that love and that sharing, that faith that you have comes not from a worldly perspective, but from your spiritual perspective to me, because you care about me. And that was what Paul was telling those Corinthians. I love you. I'll do anything for you. I'm, I'm glad. But he also showed them that he was going to correct them when they were wrong. And because they loved him and because they believed what he had been teaching them, they were able to change their lives. And thus, Paul was made happy by this report that Titus had brought him. And, you know, that, that's a wonderful story. <laughs> that's an interesting comment. If you're too comfortable, you're probably not doing everything right. Yeah, yeah, you know. When we start feeling too confident about where we stand, if there's not just a little nervousness, if there's not just a little anxiety about things that we believe should be done, believe that we should be doing, then we probably aren't working the way the Lord wants us to work, the way the Lord has created us to work, to do good works, 
we aren't living up to that. And so when you see me in a condition or in a state like that, I want you to say, shape up, Warden. You can do much better. Let me think about that. Let me realize what you see that maybe I don't see. And that's going to help us comfort each other. That's going to help us get through this particular period of time in our lives and realize that, you know, we're all blessed. We're all blessed. We all have something to be thankful for. And because of that, we can allow our hope and our trust to rest where it should be with God and with his son. So with that, we're just about at the end of our time here for this evening. Um, that little expression there, keep the faith and spread it gently. A great friend of mine, um, that, that was probably his, his lasting mantra, keep the faith and spread it gently. And that's what I'd like you to do tonight. You know, keep the faith and spread it gently. Next week, we're going to uh, be in one of my favorite uh, chapters of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Um, if you get the opportunity this week, I want you to read through there and pick out some of those high points. Uh, we hear some of those verses more than we hear others within our study. But it's a lot of good stuff in chapter 8. And so this week, as you go forward, I, I hope and pray that you'll be safe. You'll be careful with, with your own being and with those around you and those you love. And that the Lord continue to bless you. Thank you very much. The brothers will take the service from here. Thank you. first song tonight will be number 415 praise for the lord it's more about jesus more about jesus would i know more of his grace to all the show more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving fullness, more of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn, more of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness, more of his love who died for me. More about Jesus in his word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful saying mine. More, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness, more of his love who died for me, more about Jesus on his throne, riches and glory all his own, more of his kingdom sure increase, more of his coming prince of peace more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving policy more of his love who died for me the song after the lesson will be number 610 take my hand precious lord more about Jesus. Thank you, Brother D, for leading us 
in that hymn. Uh, good evening, church family and guests. I pray that all is well. I thank you for being with us tonight as we study God's word. Uh, thank you, Brother Paul Wharton, for leading our uh, lesson on Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 7 tonight. Uh, we really appreciate uh, your efforts in uh, teaching uh, the Second Corinthians book. And may God continue to bless you and your family uh, for your service. Uh, as you all know, those who usually uh, listen to the devotionals, I usually cover a scripture for today. And so the verse that we'll use today, uh, tonight will be uh, John chapter 15, verse 5, a very familiar passage of scripture. But instead of just reading that one verse, we'll read verses 1 through 11. And while we're in that chapter, uh, we'll definitely read verse 12 as well, because it speaks of love, and we ought to be loving people. So we'll read verse 12 as well. And remember our theme for this year is staying focused on Jesus. So when I read verse five, I definitely thought about our theme. Uh, John chapter 15, starting at verse one, uh, Jesus Christ is saying that he is divine. God is divine dresser. And those of us who are in Christ, we are the branches. Verse one says, uh, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Jesus said, I am the vine, he told his apostles, his disciples. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, we need to be mindful of that. Apart from Christ, he says, you can do nothing. That reminds me of what Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 4.13. He says, Paul says, I can do all things through who? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As we keep reading uh, John 15, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. How do we glorify God? How do we glorify our father? We glorify him by bearing much fruit. It reminds me of uh, what I said uh, in January about, uh, unfortunately, some folks' New Year's resolution is to save money. Instead, let us focus on saving souls because that's how we glorify our father in heaven, by bearing much fruit, by winning souls for Christ. So as we keep reading, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. In verse 12, Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. 
you know, as Brother Paul and Brother Fowler have mentioned, even in this prayer, we have folks that are hurting today. We have folks that are dealing with this coronavirus pandemic, uh, the civil unrest, and several other issues. But let us be about loving one another. Let us be about serving one another. Let us be about staying focused on Jesus. Oh, you remember the Hebrew writer tells us he is the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and right now he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding for his children. And if you are listening to us tonight and you have not given your life over to Christ, Oh, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He came here on this earth. He died for you and me. But death could not keep him in the grave. He got up. And now he's at the right hand of God, interceding for his children. Oh, hear that gospel. Believe it. Be willing to repent of your sins. Be willing to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Remember the key verse for the night. Jesus says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. We need Jesus. And after you have made that confession, you need to be willing to be baptized for the remission of your sins. And you will be added to the church that Jesus Christ purchased with his own blood. And then you just need to live faithfully until death or until Jesus comes back to get us. If you're already in the church and you have sinned and you need to reconcile your relationship with God, please repent. Please restore your relationship with him tonight. And if you just need the church to pray for you, uh, you can send your prayer request to us at elders at loyalchurch.net. If you need to give your life over to Christ, you can contact us at that same email address, or you can go to our website and get one of our phone numbers and you can contact us, one of the elders, ministers, or one of the deacons, and we'll be glad to respond to your requests. I pray that you just continue uh, to trust in God, Continue to realize that he is in control and he is able to get us through whatever we're dealing with. I love you, miss you, and may God just continue to bless you. Thank you. When my way groweth through, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the shadows appear and the night draweth near and the day is past and gone, at the river I stand, 
guide my feet, hold my hand, take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home, precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand, I am tired, I am weak, I am warm. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, Lead me home. Y'all would pray with me a moment. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads. Father God, we are so grateful that we've had this opportunity this evening to study your word, sing a few songs unto you and to join together in those songs as a community and as a community church here. Lord, we thank you so much for the short lesson that we received too. It's just great in the middle of the week to have this little shot in the arm to uh, bolster our spirits, strengthen our spirits, and get us ready for the rest of this week and all these challenging times that we've had. Lord, as we, as we go throughout this week and the rest of our lives together as a church and as family, we just thank you that you are there for us always. We keep our focus on you and there's nothing that can really prevail over us in your church. Thank you, Lord, again for this evening and for the strength that you give us. We thank you for especially your son. We're so glad that he is in our lives and the center of our lives and the focus. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.